the Metaphysical Theater's Collective Unconscious episode that you cannot hear now on Anchor FM until you can. C. Illustration of the Structure of Hell According to Dante Alighieri's Divine Comedy by Sandro Botticelli, between 1480 and 1490. According to Carl Gustav Jung, hell represents, among every culture, the disturbing aspect of the collective unconscious. Disirubing disturbing, wholly together awareness unknown to itself when asleep in the waking dream. Collective unconscious, German, collectives unbuists, refers to structures of the unconscious mind which are shared among beings of the same species. It is a term coined by Carl Jung. According to Jung, the human collective unconscious is populated by instincts, as well as by archetypes, universal symbols such as the Great Mother, the Wise Old Man, the Shadow, the Tower, Water, and the Tree of Life. Jung considered the collective unconscious to underpin and surround the unconscious mind, distinguishing it from the personal unconscious of Freudian psychoanalysis. He argued that the collective unconscious had profound influence on the lives of individuals, who lived out its symbols and clothed them in meaning through their experiences. The psychotherapeutic practice of analytical psychology revolves around examining the patient's relationship to the collective unconscious. Unknown awareness lurking within until aligned again no when within. Psychiatrist and Jungian analyst Lionel Corbett argues that the contemporary terms, autonomous psyche, or, objective psyche, are more commonly used today in the practice of depth psychology rather than the traditional term of the collective unconscious. Critics of the collective unconscious concept have called it unscientific and fatalistic, or otherwise very difficult to test scientifically, due to the mystical aspect of the collective unconscious. Proponents suggest that it is borne out by findings of psychology, neuroscience, and anthropology. Basic explanation. The term, collective unconscious, first appeared in Jung's 1916 essay, The Structure of the Unconscious. This essay distinguishes between the personal, Freudian unconscious, filled with sexual fantasies and repressed images, and the collective, unconscious encompassing the soul of humanity at large. In, The Significance of Constitution and Heredity in Psychology, November 1929, Jung wrote, And the essential thing, psychologically, is that in dreams, fantasies, and other exceptional states of mind the most far-fetched, mythological motifs and symbols can appear autochthonously at any time, often, apparently, as the result of particular influences, traditions, and excitations working on the individual, but more often without any sign of them. These primordial images, or, archetypes, as I have called them, belong to the basic stock of the unconscious psyche and cannot be explained as personal acquisitions. Together they make up that psychic stratum which has been called the collective unconscious. The existence of the collective unconscious means that individual consciousness is anything but a tabula rasa and is not immune to predetermining influences. On the contrary, it is in the highest degree influenced by inherited presuppositions, quite apart from the unavoidable influences exerted upon it by the environment. The collective unconscious comprises in itself the psychic life of our ancestors right back to the earliest beginnings. It is the matrix of all conscious psychic occurrences, and hence it exerts an influence that compromises the freedom of consciousness in the highest degree, since it is continually striving to lead all conscious processes back into the old paths. On October 19, 1936, Jung delivered a lecture, The Concept of the Collective Unconscious, to the Abernethian Society at St. Bartholomew's Hospital in London. He said, my thesis then, is as follows, in addition to our immediate consciousness, which is of a thoroughly personal nature and w.
Archetypes. In an early definition of the term, Jung writes, archetypes are typical modes of apprehension, and wherever we meet with uniform and regularly recurring modes of apprehension we are dealing with an archetype, no matter whether its mythological character is recognized or not. He traces the term back to Philo, Irenaeus, and the Corpus Hermeticum, which associate archetypes with divinity and the creation of the world, and notes the close relationship of Platonic ideas. These archetypes dwell in a world beyond the chronology of a human lifespan, developing on an evolutionary timescale. Regarding the animus and anima, the male principle within the woman and the female principle within the man, Jung writes. They evidently live and function in the deeper layers of the unconscious, especially in that phylogenetic substratum which I have called the collective unconscious. This localization explains a good deal of their strangeness, they bring into our ephemeral consciousness an unknown psychic life belonging to a remote past. It is the mind of our unknown ancestors, their way of thinking and feeling, their way of experiencing life in the world, gods and men. The existence of these archaic strata is presumably the source of man's belief in reincarnations and in memories of previous experiences. Just as the human body is a museum, so to speak, of its phylogenetic history, so too is the psyche. Jung also described archetypes as imprints of momentous or frequently recurring situations in the lengthy human past. A complete list of archetypes cannot be made, nor can differences between archetypes be absolutely delineated. For example, the eagle, a common archetype that may have a multiplicity of interpretations. It could mean the soul leaving the mortal body and connecting with the heavenly spheres. Or it may mean that someone is sexually impotent, in that they have had their spiritual ego body engaged. In spite of this difficulty Jungian analyst June Singer suggests a partial list of well-studied archetypes, listed in pairs of opposites. Ego shadow greet mother tyrannical father old wise mantrix tyran anonymous meaning absurdity centrality diffusion order chaos opposition conjunction time eternity sacred profane light darkness transformation fixity. Jung made reference to contents of this category of the unconscious psyche as being similar to Levi Bruhl's use of collective representations or representations collectives, mythological, motifs, Hubert and Mauss's categories of the imagination, and Adolf Bastian's primordial thoughts. He also called archetypes dominance because of their profound influence on mental life. Instincts. Jung's exposition of the collective unconscious builds on the classic issue in psychology and biology regarding nature versus nurture. If we accept that nature, or heredity, has some influence on the individual psyche, we must examine the question of how this influence takes hold in the real world. On exactly one night in its entire lifetime, the yucca moth discovers pollen in the opened flowers of the yucca plant, forms some into a pellet, and then transports this pellet, with one of its eggs, to the pistil of another yucca plant. This activity cannot be learned, it makes more sense to describe the yucca moth as experiencing intuition about how to act. Archetypes and instincts coexist in the collective unconscious as interdependent opposites, Jung would later clarify. Whereas for most animals intuitive understandings completely intertwine with instinct, in humans the archetypes have become a separate register of mental phenomena. Humans experience five main types of instinct, wrote Jung, hunger, sexuality, activity, reflection, and creativity. These instincts, listed in order of increasing abstraction, elicit and constrain human behavior, but also leave room for freedom in their implementation and especially in their interplay. Even a simple hungry feeling can lead to many different responses, including M.